Hello family, this is Larry Hogan, your host for the podcast, Where Do We Go From Here? That is the question. The answer is forward, always forward. I'm going to do something slightly different, and I'm going to title this episode, Shots Fired. By now, we have all heard about the mass killing in Illinois. It's located in an upscale neighborhood, a small town celebrating Independence Day, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The shooter fit a recent mold, if you would, of mass shooters, young male, between 18 and 21 years of age, with a digital background included mayhem, violence, with racial undertones. After killing six people and injuring over 25 more, in under 10 minutes, the suspect was apprehended without incident a few hours later. Now let's go to a week earlier. A young male was stopped for a minor traffic incident. A broken taillight, I believe. He was 25 years of age. The state was Ohio. And let's face it, Ohio police, they have a reputation for self-defense, shooting first, for fear of their lives, and asking questions later. The young man from Ohio, some say, may say, foolishly ran away from the cops. Be that as it may, a chase ensued. And for that act, Eight cops ultimately chased him on in the car and on foot. At that point, arguably, there appears to be no known facts about the alleged assailant other than the minor traffic violation. Now, I am not a police officer, but I do know they have access to technology and by virtue of that access can gather information obtained from any stop. They'll had to be a way to secure necessary background information. Did the suspect in question have any warrants? Did he have any criminal records that would make it necessary to chase behind him for a broken taillight? Was he a threat to society? There was the car and then the foot chase when suddenly, while running away, allegedly the suspect turned toward and appeared to be taking a shooting stance or position. This, according to the police officers. And so 90 shots later, he lay dead in the street. And then the police had the audacity and the nerve to handcuffed him while his bullet, bullet-ridden body was dead, laid dead in the street because this was standard procedure. Now let me go back again. I'm going to emphasize on these two incidents for a minute. A week earlier, one suspect was on national news. It was reported that he had killed, it was confirmed that he had killed six people and injured over 20 others. A week later, a suspect was stopped for a minor traffic citation. He had no known record. He had not shot or killed anybody. So do you think one response 
was much more aggressive than the other? What made one incident to be treated so differently? They were separate in time, space, and geographical locations. Now I am certain there are uniform standards of conduct for police procedures with regard to apprehending, apprehension. And sure, there probably are some circumstances and they're not all the same and the circumstances would depend uh, along with many other factors on how to respond to that. But surely, eight officers and 90 bullets are fired at one suspect who was unarmed. I did mention that, right? He was unarmed and stopped for a broken tail bite. Surely, it would have to be awfully dangerous for those police officers to feel threatened. One suspect was apprehended without violence, without violence. The other, not so lucky. One suspect was running away and did not appear to be a threat in any shape, form, or fashion. He was running away. The other suspect had just killed six innocent bystanders at a 4th of July parade. He was on a nationwide alert. One suspect, the other suspect, he made national news after his arrest. The other suspect made national news for what he did prior to his arrest. To his arrest. As a matter of fact, I don't think the one suspect that made national news after his, his arrest, I don't even think he was arrested. And this was for a minor traffic incident. Allegedly, the police feared for their lives because he was running in the opposite way and made a sudden stop, a sudden move. Now, let me give you another perspective, a couple of more. Less than two months ago, a young suspect, same features, 18 to 21 years of age, with a digital background, shot and killed multiple people at a local grocery store. He was apprehended without violence or shots fired. That incident took place up north in New York. Here's another one. In Texas, at an elementary school no less, a heavily armed young man shot and killed 21 people, of which 19 were students. One of the alleged responses from the police, according to several media outlets and stories, was collectively they feared for their lives and did not, and because of that, they did not pursue or respond to the armed suspect for over an hour. 
possibly result in victims who bled out. And reportedly, some had pleaded for their lives and gave a current update of the situation via 911 calls. Now, I just gave you four nationally known stories about incidents of mass shooting, including one by a police response. My point, the response, one, for a minor traffic incident. The other three was for a cold, calculating, violent, and vicious murder. Two suspects were killed by police. Two were apprehended without further violence. And the police are to be commended for their response. But I go back again. One incident took place after the suspect committed these heinous actions with questionably tactics and bravery on officers' part. The other, air quotes here, suspect was killed because he ran away from the police. They could not confirm, nor could they find any weapon on the suspect or near his body. Why this comparison and what made the difference in the responses? The one who died riddled with 60 bullet wounds was black. The other three were not. Recently there was a poll taken that well over 70% of the American people want something substantial done about gun violence, including laws that with a more strict approach and background checks and such with the hopes of preventing access to guns that can and do produce mass shooting. Included in that is a age restriction, nobody under the age of 21. But what happens? The non-Supreme Supreme Court seems to think differently and recently granted more and easier access to ownership rights. Now, to their credit, if there is such a thing, this non-Supreme Court said that Congress has to make laws, but Congress can't get legislation. So this Supreme, non-Supreme, Supreme Court ignores the will of the people and the true meaning of the Second Amendment. Why are we holding the entire nation hostage to a 17th century environment when in that amendment contains the words, the sentence, a well regulated militia. Now, arguably, it does not mean everybody and anyone should have a right to own any type of gun, including weapons whose only function is to kill faster, quicker, 
and more efficient. As I close, there are 400 million guns in America, and there are 300 plus million people in America, of which, statistically, 57% are white, 14% are black, 18% are Hispanic, and 6% are Asian. The point I am making is by sheer numbers, there are more whites that are uh, committing crimes, using drugs, utilizing SNAP benefits, including mass shootings. And yet, who gets shot the most for such things as a minor traffic incident? Why do police officers fear for their lives so much from unarmed black male suspects? From high schools to movie theaters to concerts, nightclubs, and even Bible study. Who, unless that assailant commits suicide, why is it possible? For him to be apprehended without violence and not a single shot being fired. Numbers do not lie, but they do delay the truth. Now what does that mean, you ask? The truth will set you free. Somebody, please help me to understand why that is so. This is Larry Hogan. Your host for the podcast, Where Do We Go From Here?